today on Media Download. From Montclair State University and WMSC-FM, the latest on technology. Digital privacy is a concern. Streaming is king. It's trending now. And media issues. Let's start with the presidential campaign. The frontrunner is firmly in the lead in every national poll. What's the press's responsibility? I will not give him the credit he probably sought prior to this horrific and cowardly act. And top business headline news. It's online streaming versus Hollywood. Curated by your host, Meryl Brown. Hello and welcome to Media Download. I'm your host, Meryl Brown, Director of the School of Communication and Media at Montclair State University. On today's episode, we take a pause on media and technology issues to preview the biggest event coming to the local community here in Montclair, New Jersey. It's the fifth annual Montclair Film Festival, which starts this Friday, April 29. During this year's festival, they'll be unveiling major motion pictures, releasing student films from our school and others, independent films, and hosting conversations with famous directors, actors, and more. We're joined today by the festival's executive director, Tom Hall, who's responsible for development, fundraising, sponsorship, education, marketing, event planning, partnerships, and year-round programs from the festival. He's previously worked at the Sarasota Film Festival, Newport Film, Nantucket Film, Hamptons Film Festival, and was a guest on our podcast last semester to discuss the festival fundraiser. Welcome back, Tom. Thank you for having me. It's great to be back. Uh, great to have you, and great to be uh, part of the community that supports um, uh, this great festival. I want to just start with a general question about festivals and how they're doing. There are obviously many of them. Um, the name Montclair Film Festival is growing in general awareness, certainly in this region and certainly in the industry. What's the general state of festivals these days? I think they're a vibrant part of the film landscape in this country. There's probably about 2,000 of them in America, um, and of which you know we're, I hope, growing in stature as, as part of that community, and it really is a community. Um, there's been a real transformation in film distribution over the course of the last five years as multiplexes have grown and tentpole films have taken up more and more screen space. Uh, a lot of films and filmmakers are looking at the festival uh, circuit, as it were, as a sort of de facto distribution network for their movies, and it's becoming a place where, you know, prior to streaming deals with iTunes or Netflix or things like that, um, films can really find an audience and, and be seen on the big screen, uh, which for a lot of these movies is becoming a rarer and rarer occurrence. So I think they, we really as festivals have a role to play in the life of movies and movie culture uh, in the country, especially moving forward as things seem to be uh, moving in an on-demand direction. And there's so much uh, content out there. Having a curator uh, and a programming team put together a curated program of films can be a, uh, an interesting way to engage with sort of the state of the art. And what metrics can, we, can you share with us that might describe the growth of the Montclair Festival? Yeah, I mean, last year we saw 41% growth in attendance year over year. Um, this year we're tracking to be a little bit of growth. Um, when you move that much in one year, I think you, you're not going to replicate that. We just don't have enough screens and seats to do that again. Um, but we did move from a seven-day festival last year to a 10-day festival. This year another 10-day festival. So uh, we're, expect we're experiencing growth that way. But over the course of five years, it's been exponential um, from the earliest days of the festival to now, I, the numbers are, you know, two, three times where we started. And to do that in five years really speaks to the commitment of the board and the community 
to the festival and, and really buying in and investing in what we're trying to do. Do you have, uh, in brief, a general strategic view about uh, what a festival, in addition to being uh, brilliantly curated, uh, should be and can mean to a community like this one? Yeah, I think it's important to be realistic in that regard, in so much as we're not going to be Sundance or Tribeca with you know a, a eight-figure budget each year. Um, and those festivals, South by Southwest is another, Toronto is another example, are really marketplaces for film where the industry sort of de- descends on the community and uh, takes over the, the town and uh, movies are bought and sold and premiered. And that's really not what we're geared toward being. We're not structured that way. I think what we want to be is a, a really great regional festival that can connect audiences and filmmakers and celebrate the art of film and uh, welcome industry guests. And, you know, if we can make discoveries and find premieres and help films along in the marketplace, I think that's a very important role for us to play. Uh, And I think being the best at that and being a a must-attend destination for filmmakers and films on the circuit, developing into that is as important as sort of those market forces that we see at other much larger festivals. And I think that's okay. I think that's really the place we deserve to be. And there's so much growth that can happen in that context that we're well positioned to, to make a splash. Uh, with that said as backdrop, let's talk about a few highlights. I mean, certainly it's one thing that leaps out to me is what you're going to be doing with uh, filmmaker Richard Curtis, uh, and a, a very unique program in which he's going to be, in effect, taking apart uh, one of his signature accomplishments, Love Actually. Uh, tell us about that program, yeah. which is on Saturday uh, afternoon. Yeah, Richard Curtis, you know, one of, I would say, England's most beloved filmmakers, um, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Notting Hill, uh, about time, love actually uh, is coming to town uh, for the festival, and you know I've learned so much about him as a man um, as we've worked on this program with his office. He, you know, divides his time between making films and philanthropic work. He's one of the founders of Comic Relief and Red Nose Day, which have generated you know billions of dollars uh, for alleviating global global poverty, and so. We put together a program on Saturday, April 30th. He's going to be uh, screening Love Actually with a live director's commentary. So we'll turn the sound down, but not all the way off. It'll be just low in the background, and he's going to be narrating for everyone sort of the making of the movie live in the room. And um, We're really excited about that experience. I I think it's a movie that's uh, so well-known that an audience can appreciate uh, watching and hearing at the same time what Richard has to say without feeling lost in the story or not knowing what's going on. Um, and that speaks to sort of the appeal of that film. We, we couldn't pick a better movie for that experience. And proceeds from all of the events with Richard are going to help support uh, Red Nose Day, which is happening later this month, and again, supports a charity that is working to alleviate global poverty um, and poverty in the United States. So we're really excited that, that we have a charitable partner with Richard Curtis this year as well. And you haven't mentioned that he's actually receiving the, I guess, the signature award of the festival, the uh, Filmmaker Tribute, uh, on a Saturday as well. Yeah, that's, this is the first time we've offered a Filmmaker Tribute Award, um, and we wanted to start big <laughs> and see where it goes from there. Um, 
And I think it's going to be a unique experience as well. We just confirmed um, that Laura Linney, uh, we actually today confirmed that Laura Linney will be attending to present him with his tribute award uh, at the festival. And he's also participating in a conversation with Stephen Colbert that day that's sort of a retrospective conversation about his career and his work. Um, it's really Richard Curtis Day, and we're really honored to have him. It should be a great day. And that day is this uh, Saturday, April 30th, right? Yep, Saturday, April 30th. Events will be at the Wellmont, at the NKA Upper School, uh, and then we've got a couple of his films screening and its matinees throughout the festival. Uh, so that's just one of the highlights. There are many others. One of the things that's particularly interesting uh, to us here at a university is that you're taking on very substantive themes in programming the festival. Tell us about uh, those themes. Yes, yeah, so we have several films this year that deal with the issue of um, gun control and gun violence in the United States um, as a social issue and dealt with in very, very different ways. So we have a film called Newtown, which is uh, about the Sandy Hook shooting, uh, in Newtown, Connecticut, and really the story of survival of the families and educators who uh, experienced the trauma of that day and how their lives have been transformed by it. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of films in my time. I've never walked out of a movie as uh, motivated to try and make a change, uh, socially speaking, as I was when I saw Newtown. I think it's a movie that really uh, makes an audience reflect deeply on the state of the country and where we're headed. Uh, as a bookend to that film, we have another film called Power, which won the Audience Award and the Jury Prize at South by Southwest this year in the documentary category. And it's a film about Charles Whitman's uh, mass shooting at the University of Texas in the 1960s, the first sort of school shooting in the U.S. And it's done as a blow-by-blow, um, minute-by-minute telling of the actual events of that day but it's redone as recreations with actors who are then rotoscope animated. Um, so it's an animated feature uh, that then sort of transforms as the survivors narrate their own experience into a story of how it changed their lives and what they're looking to do today uh, and the impact that that event had on them. It's a really uh, special film, a unique, unique movie. The animation is, you know, extraordinary and just pulls you into this. Um, event as it happens, and it's very, very powerful filmmaking as well. But I, I would say an upbeat movie in a lot of ways, if that can be possible, uh, in so much as the, what happened really brought everyone together um, and created this sort of unfortunate but powerful community uh, around that event. We have another sh we have a short film called Speaking is Difficult, which deals with recent mass shootings in the United States. Um, We've got a film called Kate Plays Christine, which is about the first televised suicide in the United States, um, which was a local news anchor in Florida who took her own life on camera, live on television. Um, and I think this is an important subject. It's clearly in the news. It's something that um, is timely, but also something I think everyone in the country has a responsibility, whatever side they take in this issue, to really think about and, and find a way to have a conversation about uh, because something needs to happen uh, to make change. And I think hopefully these movies can inspire people to participate in that process. 
Uh, so those themes are exciting. Uh, similarly exciting is the uh, uh, film that will open the festival uh, Friday night at 730. Um, I'm very familiar with the work of journalist Ron Suskind, who is a, a great investigative and interpretive journalist, but his life is um, goes well beyond his journalism, and we'll learn more about his relationship with his son in a movie that he has coming out called Life Animated. Tell us about it. Yeah, Life Animated is a, a wonderful, again, very uplifting story uh, of the Suskind family um, and Owen Suskind, who at three years old uh, stopped talking and started developing signs of autism uh, and was deeply uh, interested in watching Disney, Walt Disney's animated films. And soon after, you know, a few years later, the family, you know, without having communicated with this child, learned that he had memorized uh, the dialogue from literally every Disney animated film and was trying to communicate with them through the magic sort of of Disney situations. And he, as a young man, has used Disney films to build a sort of moral and emotional framework for dealing with the world. And so he is a very uh, incredible young man. He'll be at the screening and talking to the audience afterwards. Stephen Colbert will uh, be hosting the Q&A with the Suskind family. And one of his obsessions is sidekicks. Uh, he's not so much a fan of Peter Pan as he is of Tinkerbell. Or uh, the, instead of Simba in The Lion King, he loves Timon and Pumbaa. And his favorite sidekick is Iago, the parrot, uh, who was Jafar's sidekick, the evil Jafar from Aladdin, which is his favorite movie. And that character was voiced by Gilbert Gottfried, um, who will be there uh, for the Q&A as well. And those two have a very special relationship and a sort of magical rapport when they appear together. And I assume... Uh, director it... Roger Ross Williams is an Academy Award-winning uh, non-fiction filmmaker. Uh, and so I think it's going to be a very, very special night. And, you know, it is uh, Autism Awareness Month, and I know that sometimes people think, you know, it may be a difficult subject to watch or to deal with, but, uh, you know, it's an opening night film for a reason. This is a movie that will put a smile on everyone's face and uh, a, a spring in their step as they leave the theater, knowing uh, what a successful life this young man has been able to create for himself um, with the help of his family and sort of this mechanism for communication and growth. Uh, it's really an inspiration, and I, I'm very excited to share it with the audience. And, Tom, I assume there are tickets available for opening night, correct? There are still, yeah, there's still some tickets available. We expect it to sell out before uh, the film rolls, but uh, you can even... Uh, buy them online. We have a box office on Bloomfield Avenue, uh, right by Church Street there, 544 Bloomfield. And also uh, at the Wellmont Theater, the night of the show, we may have a few tickets available. No, no film at the film festival has ever sold out. Um, we have no advanced tickets available for some, but we always have a rush line. And we count empty seats at the start of every show, and for every empty seat, if there's a person in line, we'll uh, sell them a ticket. So, not, we've had a very high success rate of people, you know, walking up day of and finding seats and 
uh, enjoying films that way. Not a problem. We're happy to accommodate people as their schedule allows. Well, among the many other names that are going to be at the film festival is uh, Norman Reedus from The Walking Dead and Rob Reiner, who's got a film we'll be showing, and there'll be multiple contributions from Stephen Colbert, who, as people know, is a resident of Montclair, and Patrick Wilson, also a resident of Montclair, will be participating. It's an exciting lineup, and for those of you who want to know more, you can go to MontclairFilmFest.org. That's MontclairFilmFest.org to get the full schedule, and it's a massive schedule, so dive in if you're listening. Um, Tom, thanks for joining us. Have a successful, smooth festival, and we look forward to seeing you there. Thank you so much for having me. uh, You guys have always been so generous to us, and we love working with Montclair State, your students and faculty, and really appreciate uh, being in a community that can support such a wonderful institution like the university. So thank you again. We're honored to be partners and, and friends with you. Thanks, Tom. Those are kind words. Um, If you'd like more information about this episode of Media Download, you can email us at gm at wmscradio.com or call us at 973-655-3135. I'm Merrill Brown. Thanks for listening.